Are there lava monsters living on the surface of the sun? If a wooden stake can destroy a vampire, what can destroy a wooden stake? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast hosted by me, Rory Powers, and the gentleman that sits across from me, Kit Greer Mulvena. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad I'm I'm getting the respect I deserve. I am a gentleman, actually. We both are. We've been investigating the paranormal for, for more years than many of you have been alive. We went straight out of high school into the exclusive and elusive, because it's hard to find, Harvard Paranormal, a university that is accepts only the highest promising students that show promise in the world of the paranormal. Yes, did turn out to be run by a con man mm-hmm. who was uh, stealing gullible children's student loans. In retrospect, we shouldn't have believed that university admissions actually worked like the letters from Hogwarts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not how... UCAS works. But today, that's not what we're talking about. We're here, of course, to investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. Paranormal. Today's story begins on January 7th, 1948. The location? Godman Army Field. Just a stone's throw away from Fort Knox in Kentucky. Hopefully quite a good year to be in the army, given that the war... Wait, I don't know, remember what month it was, but it ended around this time. It did. The, the Second World War had just ended. Uh, I will say that there was still a ton of military action in full swing across the U.S., but I think more in terms of just staying alert. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> After that First World War, they thought it was over, and yeah, number two they got, came around. They, they got real laid back about the whole concept. <laughs> they, they thought... They were like, man, that was crazy. Good thing that won't happen again. Let's just not even think about it. And then things kicked off again. So when World War II wraps up, don't take the bullets out of that gun just yet. Don't decommission those missiles too quickly because number three could be around the corner. That's right. If you get COVID once, you know, shame on you, whatever. Uh, get it I don't twi- think that's... Get it twice. <laughs> once you recover from round two, don't start licking lampposts and... and handles on doors yeah keep your mask on (laughs) because you can get it again soldiers were told to stay on high alert to expect the unexpected but nobody expected the events of january 7th to unfold the way they did it was a typical day at the airbase operators of the air traffic control tower are going about their business as usual tracking pilots all over the skies giving aircraft clearance to land and giving the go-ahead for takeoffs But while they were working away, something appeared in the sky. Something they didn't recognize. Hmm. Whoa. Do you guys see that? A bright shining object had popped up above the horizon. It was the strangest thing they had ever seen. It didn't appear to be moving, just hovering in the sky, almost menacingly. As they stared open-mouthed, A senior officer snapped to his senses and tried to get everybody back on schedule. All right, all right, boys, come on. It's got to be a trick of the light or something. I mean, sure, from here it looks pretty convincing. Really convincing, actually. But it's nothing, boys. Probably just an eagle. A giant metal eagle. (laughs) Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Has he ever seen a plane before? (laughs) 
Even though he's a little worried himself, he tries to encourage the soldiers to carry on with their work. Sir, we have an incoming message. Ah, perfect timing. Forget about whatever that thing is. There's news from the outside, boys. Let's see here. Uh, we have a report from the local highway patrol. Uh, something about a mysterious object in the sky. Uh, bright light glowing. Oh, oh my god. Sir, another incoming message. Actually, two. No, wait. Within minutes of the initial sighting, the tower received confirmation from more than two dozen credible sources. They had no idea what they were looking at, only that there was something there. Kit, what are you doing in this situation? You're in a tower filled with men who are supposed to understand the sky. That's their whole job. And this thing is making a laughing stock. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm getting the keys to the war room and I'm opening it back up. The war might have ended, but the next war is about to begin. <laughs> and it might be a war with another galaxy or universe or I don't know what. Uh, but something is happening and it ain't good. Yeah, this is just after World War II. So they immediately converted the war room into a touring museum where locals could come and <laughs> see relics of the old war. <laughs> and on the first day it opens to the public, you're pushing children out of the way. Get the f*** out of here! World War Three starting! <laughs> you, br you break the glass, smash the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I would also, ideally, in this general's position, I would be queuing up some kind of dope movie quote. Uh, something to the effect of, Men, the war for America has just ended, but the war for Earth is about to begin. Oh, that's sick. That is fully sick. I don't even know who you are, but I would fight and die for you if you said something that cool. Sure, right. As if it wasn't enough that they didn't know what this object was, it was moving strangely too. The thing shifted around in straight lines, either vertically or horizontally. And whatever direction it was going in, it was going fast. Okay, so its ability to change direction rapidly in kind of, as you say, vector directions such as up and down, left and right, quickly yeah. would indicate it's not your typical propeller or jet-fueled plane, which mm. just has a direction it's flying in and it can just curve up or down or left or right. Exactly. This is moving like nothing we've ever seen before. Everyone's attention was completely focused on this bizarre floating object. But there were still planes in the sky that needed to land at the base. Tower, this is Golf Tango India, requesting permission to land. Four pilots were headed for Godman Airfield, ready to land. One of these airmen was Captain Thomas Mantell. He was a decorated war pilot that had clawed his way to captain's rank by the age of 25. Do you read me? Tower, do you copy? Tower, hello? Hi, yeah, hi, sorry, yes, uh, we copy, we copy, sorry, uh, Golf Tango India. Uh, we got a little, uh, we got a little situation down here. Is it a hot air balloon? A penguin? Can penguins fly? I, I don't remember. Tower! Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, no permission to land uh, just yet. Uh, we'll update. Uh, say, while you boys are up there in the air, do you see that object out to the west? 
Captain Mantell and the other pilots looked out, and indeed, there was an unfamiliar something hanging in the afternoon sky. Would you boys mind inspecting it for us before you come in? Copy that. Come on, boys. Let's move out. The jets ripped through the sky, peeling off in the direction of the object. Aviators on, Top Gun style. <laughs> sure. I, of course, right now would love to play Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, but as to not breach any copyright laws, I will instead play this royalty-free song that I wrote <laughs> called Motorway to the Risky Area. Take it away, boys. <laughs> the boys is you. You're the band. Put on the gas, jets ripping through the sky. Just a couple hot dudes trying something new tonight. The jets blasted through the sky, hot on the heels of this strange floating blob. We're talking six-foot beefcake dudes, taking friendship just as far as it can go. And even further, cause these dudes are pretty hot. And I'm probably gonna take one of them home and have sex with them. That was the worst music I've ever heard in my life. I do not endorse this. Frankly, terrible, <laughs> lazy rendition. All right, well, it's hard because you, you're treading a fine line. You got to imitate the song, but also you don't want to step on anybody's toes. So <laughs> I don't think anyone says it has to be shit <laughs> legally. Can't say danger zone, so I had to tweak that one to risky area. And highway, oh, that would flag some shit up. I'm going to jail if I even say the word highway. I don't so think I have to so. say motorway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more British. I think I hit a lot of the themes, though, that the original song hit, like being a badass and being unstoppable. Some, some ones they, I think, intentionally left out of the movie. I don't remember the original version being that homoerotic. Well, it's it's a sexy song, and fi flying a jet is like a sexy thing to do. So, like, all those lyrics, like, oiling up your buddies. Wow. Oh, I gotta... There was... Shirts off in the sun. That wasn't the original song. You must know that. You gotta get We're talking about on. men doing a very dangerous, lethal job. Yeah. A blow job. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> I misinterpreted the original song, apparently. apparently. <laughs> what movie did you watch? What movie did you watch? Gun. No, you, you should know it was called Top Gun. Hard cut to you walking out of a cinema in 2022. Everyone walking out of the Top Gun the screening, just like smiling, all talking about the movie. You're just walking out confused expression. Like, that wasn't how I remember it at all. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even include the original cast of Gun. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we're getting a little bit distracted there. Uh, I'll probably be playing uh, the full version of Motorway to the Risky Area on the, <laughs> on the outro of today's podcast. So stick around for that. Uh, that's going to be uh, released on Atlantic Records as well later it's this not. week. It's really exciting time to be a fan of Gun. Uh, back to our story. <clears throat> Sorry, let's get the music firing up again. The jets blasted through the sky, hot on the heels of this strange floating blob. The thing is, this weird shiny object was really far away, and not to mention high up. The pilots had already been at the end of their journey. That's why they were trying to land in the first place. But now suddenly, they had another entire mission to complete. Possibly against a goddamn TIE fighter. 
Uh, yeah, we have no idea what this thing could be. The jets pushed on with their mission, but after just a few more minutes, one of the pilots radioed the team. I'm too low on fuel, squad. This one isn't for me. Godspeed, boys. He peeled away and headed back to base while the others continued. Then another pilot radioed. The oxygen in my cabin's dropping. I gotta call it here. I'm heading back too. And you know all these guys have sick nicknames. Of like, course. Tags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iceman. Beast Fist. <laughs> Gunface. Big uh, <laughs> Big yeah, Sorry, actually... I'm getting confused with gun again. <laughs> the Dong. Magnum. Yeah, again, Trojan. weirdly sexual names to have. In the end, all of the pilots turned back. Iceman, slippery nuts. <laughs> Tight Tushy 69. <laughs> They're just gamer tags. <laughs> they all turned back except for one, Captain Mantell, the maverick of the squad. The brave captain sped towards the unknown craft, trying to get a better look. But the thing was now moving too fast. It was hard to catch. When he climbed to 15,000 feet, he got in touch with air traffic control and said, The object is directly ahead of and above me now, moving at about half my speed, 180 miles per hour. It appears to be a metallic object or possibly reflection of sun from a metallic object, and it is of tremendous size. His next transmission came into the tower at 3.15 p.m., Object is going up and forward as fast as I am. Now 360 miles per hour. I'm going at 20,000 feet, and if I can't get any closer, I will abandon chase. The men on the ground were relieved to hear it. Mantel was a skilled pilot, but a chase like this, at this speed, already at the end of another mission, was dangerous, even for the most skilled of pilots. Be careful up there, Mantel. I'm still in pursuit of the object. I think I'm gonna try and find something going wrong. Mantel? What's wrong? Mantel! Then, the signal went dead. Soldiers rushed to the scene where they'd lost contact with Captain Mantel. And there, they found him. Or what was left. His plane lay destroyed on the ground in a fiery pile of wreckage. Oh boy. Something had taken him out of the sky. I mean, this is crazy, right? This might be one of the first cases we've investigated where some kind of UFO appears. I'm not saying TIE fighter, but something shows well, up. it is a UFO in the purest sense of the word. This shit's unidentified. It's an unidentified flying object. And this might be the first time where we have a documented incident where a U.S. craft crashes out of the sky in pursuit of the object. You know, we have a lot of stories where we see uh, jets or planes, you know, following the objects or taking videos or reporting information back mm. to some sort of control base. We've never had a ship just go down, go down and explode on the earth. Absolutely. I mean, it makes your mind run wild because, you know, if you just see something and you're a fighter pilot and you just come back to base and say, I think I saw something. Well, it's easy to just write that off and say that was an illusion of some kind or you don't know what you saw. But um, we don't know what's happened here yet. But, you know, check the wreckage for laser blasts of some kind. <laughs> At the very least, I feel like UFOs are kind of like uh, the tigers from Tiger King. You know, they're just there and you can kind of feed them a bit. 
and hang out with him a little bit. But now and again, someone's getting their arm bitten off. And when it happens, you're going to be like, yeah, of course, it was only a matter of time. If there are UFOs hovering in the sky and every time there one appears, we're f***ing shooting missiles at it and chasing it with helicopters. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time before it scratches someone and sends a plane going down. Absolutely. I mean, if we are, let's cut the shit here, really insinuating that these UFOs are in fact of extraterrestrial origin, that they are from civilizations from other worlds and that they are technologically capable, this should happen more often in our UFO stories. Uh, why should it be that they always just placidly kind of exist or run away or whatever? Why shouldn't they interact with us and sometimes violently? Yeah, to them, it's probably just like swatting a fly. Sure. There was like six planes chasing after them and the other ones left. And it's like, okay, ah, oh, there's still one here. Get the, get the f away from me. And just smack them <laughs> down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> Let me end this man's whole career. Investigators at the scene figured that the plane must have crashed at 3.18 p.m., as that was the time that was shown on the stopped watch that was on Mantell's body. The interior locks of the plane were untouched, suggesting that he died too quickly to even try and bail. Yeah, of course, he could have just evacuated. Yeah, popped the little uh, ejector seat, which I assume is not just something from James Bond movies. It's got to be a real thing. Pretty sure it's real. Now, of course, an incident like this is front-page news. It wasn't long before, quote, the Mantell incident was being reported by newspapers around the nation. Because so little was known about the crash, crazy rumors began circulating. According to UFO historian Curtis Peebles, among the rumors... He's not a f***ing maverick. He's not a fighter pilot. Who, Curtis Kurt Peebles? <laughs> you, don't, you don't become mav... Yeah. When you're called Curtis Peebles. I think you maybe you can, but it's a harder fight. Yeah, right. You gotta you gotta have twice the chin, twice the muscles. Yeah. And f it'll come out and say it. Twice the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like private Chad Knuckles. Right. He's he's first in line yeah. to become Maverick. To if be honest, he could be a weedy little SOB. But he's still getting the purple heart on day one because the colonel's like, I don't know who you are, where you came from, but I know you're going to do some heroic shit, Knuckles. <laughs> and I don't mean the hedgehog from <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> no one was thinking it, Sarge. <laughs> sure. As I said, according to UFO historian and possibly one day, Chad Curtis Peebles, among the rumors were claims that the flying saucer was a Soviet missile. Okay. The strange craft was actually an alien spacecraft that shot down Mantell's plane when he got too close. Let's go. Some said that Captain Mantell's body was found riddled with bullets. Whoa. Others said the body was missing entirely and the plane had completely disintegrated in the air. All right, well, someone's lying. How does that make sense? How did they find the... How <laughs> So they found nothing? Bring it up with Peebles, all right? I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot Chad Knuckles over here. Some say that whenever they found the wreckage, there wasn't a plane. So, okay, well, what did they find then? <laughs> he just went up and didn't come down? <laughs> what does that mean? Some people say he died so fast the body disappeared. <laughs> uh, and other people say that the wreckage was radioactive. Okay. That's a cool one. Something we've heard from other episodes, sure. That's, that's like some shit from Stranger Things. When a plane crashes and you go to look at it and people people in those like hazmat suits show up and they're like, clear the area. 
It's either from Stranger Things or uh, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I don't think Monsters, Inc. had such dark themes. It was pretty dark stuff. <laughs> a lizard that can talk? <laughs> That's some freaky shit. A little kid with a monster for a best friend? It's pretty <laughs> up. The military obviously had to come out with an official story of what happened and why it happened. So when the press asked, this is what they said. Look, some of you may have heard about an incident that took place earlier this week involving one of our pilots charging after an object in the sky. <laughs> Funny thing is, uh, we actually... <laughs> so there's, there's nothing funny about it at all, sir. No, 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 no. No, of course not. Tragedy. God bless him. Um, funny thing, though... No, but... Is... This is in per taste. I understand, but there is a funny thing. There, there can, is. It's not Surely ha- you mean strange or not different? Not ha-ha funny, um, but... We actually sent him after a weather balloon. So, yikes. S- stop <laughs> Yikes on me. That's what you have to say about all this. It's not funny. And before you say anything, yes, I know that the object was glaring like a bright light, but we believe that this light was actually a reflection from, uh, f- it, Venus. Um, <laughs> f- it. So yeah, you're just uh, making it up on the spot? No, no, I just uh, I forgot my words. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, I mean, I, fr- I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm going to take a minute to compose myself here. I wasn't trained for this. We can hear <laughs> we can hear the voice in your earpiece <laughs> ranting furiously telling you what to say next. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up, chief. Long story short, Mantel simply ran out of air, blacked out, crashed his plane. There will be no questions. Soldiers, escort the men away. Question, sir. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, what do you think I even though I just delivered that in a jokey tone, that is the genuine explanation they said, by the military. We sent him after a weather balloon. That it was a weather balloon. And in the process of chasing it, he went too high, blacked out, and crashed his plane. Now, as I said, this is a man who's been flying for many years, regarded as one of the best on the, the squad. It seems a little bizarre for him to make such a rookie error. It's at this point that I realize that... I have at least heard the concept of this story. I didn't know it was called the Mantel UFO incident or anything like that. Yeah. Or any of the other details. But I have heard this. This is one of the more famous historical UFO sightings, right? Because it actually resulted in the death of a man. Yeah. There are, you know, I don't have to tell you guys throughout human history, there are many famous UFO sightings, but very few, if any others, have involved an actual death of a human involved in some sort of dogfight. And most interestingly of all, that it was a man who was tasked with finding out what it was. This wasn't like a hick drunk on moonshine fell off a cliff trying to find Sasquatch. Yeah. This was someone doing what they do best. Yeah. An experienced fighter jet pilot trying to track down a UFO. It's true. And, you know, I don't want to say that, 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 I believe this explanation that they gave, but I actually, a few years ago, I did fly a prop plane for the first time in my life with, with, uh, uh, another pilot, uh, in the back. And, uh, we did the whole thing where he's like, Hey, you want to know what it feels like to hit like fucking three G forces or whatever? Sure. I don't know what they call it. There's probably a better technical term. I think term. it is G's. Um, and I was like, absolutely. Uh, so he peeled up into the sky 
And it's pretty wild when you feel that sensation on your body, especially when you're moving in a direction. I literally felt the, the blood inside of me shifting to the back of my body mm-hmm. as we went upwards into the sky. It's a very, you feel like your insides moving. It's a very weird sensation to describe. Uh, and towards the, the end of that climb, I almost blacked out. My my vision, like, literally was going darkness from the sides into a pinpoint. Like the end of a Looney Tunes cartoon where the, where the, the circle just turns into a pinpoint and, and then completely black. I turned to the pilot and said, that's all, folks. And then went completely numb and pissed myself. <laughs> turned to him and went, that's all, folks. Speaking in tongues. He's like, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen in a plane. I haven't even pulled up yet. <laughs> he, he just started the propellers. That's <laughs> all, folks. I pull the ejector seat. Still on the runway. <laughs> Get tangled in the propellers. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> I'm talking to you on the radio. Rory, what happened? I'm hunting wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Just descending 30,000 feet. <laughs> Pull your fucking parachute, man. What a wild thing to hear in the radio. <laughs> but granted, I'm a very inexperienced pilot. As in, that was the first time I'd ever <laughs> flown a plane. Uh, this person, it, it sounds like Mantel should know better. He, this is his job, his profession. And that doesn't really back up their other claims either. The fact that this thing was allegedly a weather balloon that they didn't know about on the radar. It's so true because, okay, we could get into the weeds of would Mantell have really done this as an experienced pilot when it's tricky because human error is a thing, no matter how experienced you are. Uh, But it's, as you say, it becomes more interesting when you consider the other plot holes here. Could this thing really be moving at 360 miles per hour, moving in all different directions? Yeah. Uh, And not be just immediately identified as the mundane thing it really is? Yeah, I I will say that our researcher Amy went as far to figure out the top speed of a weather balloon. (laughs) She went like f***ing Tom Cruise in the Top Gun reboot. She learned to fly an F-16. Full method. I love it. Uh, Allegedly, according to her, weather balloons can travel at 1,000 feet a minute, which sounds pretty fast, but actually equates to only 11 miles per hour. I can't be bothered doing the math. That's insane. Okay. Certainly not. What did what did Mantel say? 360 miles per hour f- firing in one direction? Yeah, I think that's the, the, the speed of a bullet out of a loaded <laughs> gun. Yeah. Unless you popped the ass end of the world's biggest weather balloon <laughs> and in like a Looney Tunes... Uh, episode it zips around the sky that's the only way it's going to pick up that speed quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Oh, and by the way, in terms of evidence, I've barely scratched the surface. Okay, let's go. Usually when we do a UFO case, we'd be lucky to find a single Wikipedia entry or a crumb of a Reddit post to help out with the investigation. It's true. But in this story, it's the exact opposite. There are literally hundreds of pages of eyewitness testimony, and they're all army men. So it's all detailed and timestamped and documented. And these witnesses weren't just at Godman's airbase. That same night, just hours after Mantel's tragic crash, the personnel of Lockbourne Air Base all the way in Ohio see the same phenomenon. Interesting. Now we have multiple witnesses from two different Air Force bases all claiming that they saw something strange in the sky that day. What could be better than that? Uh, I don't know. What about a third Air Base? <laughs> okay, I mean, sure. That's right, Kit. <laughs> the very same day, the workers at Clinton County Army Airfield saw the exact same UFO, and they said it hung around for 35 minutes. Quite a while. Yeah. Um, sure. this is before Roswell, right? No, this is after Roswell. Was Roswell the 40s? Oh, it was one year after Roswell. This is one year after Roswell? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Interesting. So there is some UFO uh, chatter in the news recently. Yeah, I find it really interesting. Paranormal cases, UFO cases specifically, they come up around this time of the 40s and 50s. Uh, you know, I don't know. They're probably part of some kind of golden age of UFO sightings um, because it was back when some of the first big cases happened. Um, and there's a weird feedback loop effect where... We today don't know if all the phenomenon surrounding the UFOs was because aliens really were visiting Earth throughout the 50s, 40s and 50s. Yeah. Or if people were so kind of stirred into a tiz because of things like Roswell that they were also looking for them more often. 
Yeah, if there was uh, some sort of UFO fever that was essentially affecting the public. And I mean, you know, it all goes hand in hand with even just the boom of science fiction and movies and media at the same time. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I actually thought that I had UFO fever uh, a few few, uh, months ago. (laughs) It turned out it was just coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I went to the doctor coughing and sneezing. I said, Doc, I got UFO fever. (laughs) He's like, you have long COVID. Your lungs barely work. (laughs) On top of that, I can see from here you're incredibly malnourished and your teeth are very yellow. I got the fever, Doc. I'm seeing things in the sky. Again, very malnourished. I think you might be anemic. You have floaters in your vision. (laughs) You're so malnourished. You start talking like a 1940s journalist. I got a fever. (laughs) Come on, Doc. You gotta prescribe me something for the fever. Um... Which he did. He gave me a box of pills so that I would leave his office, which later turned out to be Tic Tacs. So that bad doctor. I will be, I will be um, chasing him in pursuit in the small claims court. Uh, so I'll be updating you guys just on how that goes. I don't think that's even in the remit. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You didn't They're give tic-tacs. me. I'm getting smaller. <laughs> Now, although our first witnesses weren't able to give a good description of the craft, the Clinton County Army Airfield got a much better look at this thing. They described the object as, quote, a flaming red cone trailing a gaseous green mist. Whoa. That's a little different from just a blob. Yeah. They're talking about something straight out of an X-Files episode. Now, a problem with having so much evidence is that sometimes... Statements can conflict with one another. The unknown aircraft was also described by witnesses as pear-slash-bulb-shaped, a round ball of fire, resembling the canopy of a parachute, and red, flaming, and cone-shaped. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's not as different as I was expecting. They're all saying it's flaming, and whether it's cone ball or pear-shaped, yeah. it's all much of a muchness. Although I am a little worried about the canopy of a parachute. Yeah, because that one is... <laughs> that sounds a little bit like a weather balloon. <laughs> that one's a little problematic. But I don't know how that gets tangled up with the other things. You know, it's like it's ki- it kind of looked like a parachute, a little bit like a weather balloon. It was uh, on fire and leaking green gas. At the same time, it's like, okay, well, how does that overlap? Because there's a picture of a weather balloon. Now, I don't know what they looked like back in the day, but yeah. it is a big f-ing parachute. Can you Google Skyhook weather balloon and see if that comes up with something different? Because I believe that was the name of the weather balloon that they were saying uh, could have been the one they were chasing. For sure. Also, so dumb. So dumb if it was a weather balloon and they sent fighter jets to go investigate it. Let's send our top man. <laughs> Apparently, this is what it looks like. Uh, it's pretty paranormal looking. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that looks insane. It is a flaming green orb. Uh, it looks like the ghost of a cloud. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help that it's a quite grainy, creepy black and white photo we're looking at. Yeah. I'm going to Google one last thing at the risk of being very distracted, but I promise you it's relevant. Okay. Kits on the IMDB for cock gun. I just need to know the cast Honestly, for, for personal research purposes. Check out my review. Five stars. I was just Googling uh, when did humanity discover uh, jet streams and things like that. Yeah. Because it might be more believable uh, that 
these weather balloons, if they were really weather balloons, were moving in mysterious ways uh, if we didn't already know about the existence of these like weird high altitude currents. But after taking a look, uh, it seems as if they were mostly discovered in the 30s. Wow, uh, so not even that far back. Either. Yeah, uh, by people working with things like weather balloons. That was how they, I guess, they got around and stuff. Now, I don't know what jet streams are, but I'm assuming you're saying that there is some sort of Star Wars-like force up in the air that is pushing shit in directions. No, not at all. This is, uh, we don't need to get carried away with such ideas. This sure. is very down-to-earth. It is um, high altitude, very cold streams of air that move things uh, incredibly quickly ac- across the globe. Right. And, and it's invisible? Uh, some sort of cloaking sure, device? Air. Well, some sort no, of... cloaking, because air is normally see-through, I guess. So I guess you could say it's invisible. Right, and it's like, but it's like a ghost hands pushing shit. Like, I, don't, I just, I'm struggling to see how this works. Okay, I think there might be a necessity to bring this more down to earth. So imagine like a what's, little... What's wind? Let's start small. <laughs> right, so it's... <laughs> It's like, you actually kind of got me is the thing. <laughs> That's such an intro question. Is wind paranormal? <laughs> is wind I don't know where it comes from. Force? <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. I don't know if even uh, a weather balloon in a jet stream can uh, fit the profile of this craft. People are saying it's shiny. People are saying it's leaking gas, that it's moving at 360 miles per hour. I don't know. I just don't see how that could be the explanation. The Colonel of Fort Knox himself, Colonel, you're going to love this for a Chad name, Guy Hicks, gave a statement saying that the craft was, quote, very white, about one-fourth the size of a full moon. Through binoculars, it appeared to have a red border at the bottom. It remained stationary, seemingly, for one and a half hours. Interesting. This is insane. I mean... He's saying that he had a full, clear view of it through binoculars. Yeah. It wasn't an optical illusion. It wasn't a blur. He was just sitting looking at the thing for an hour and a half. It's so strange to think that people could be looking at something for so long and never clock that it was a weather balloon. Yeah. And it, might I remind you, this is daylight as well. This isn't that creepy midnight uh, story where it's 3 a.m. and a diamond craft comes down to earth and melts a man's face. Now, of course, we know that a UFO case isn't properly authentic until a very certain man Uh and a very certain organization Uh shows up, which is why I'm happy to say that in 1952, Dr. J. Allen Hynek... Ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Ring the bell. And the government's Project Blue Book investigated the incident. Of course. That... Boom, is your stamp of paranormal approval when my boy DJ Alan Hynek shows up. No, it doesn't mean it's real. No, but it does mean it was legitimate enough to be a flag for this agency to come and investigate it. Yeah. Hopefully, listeners, if you are a fan of this show, you know about Dr. J. Alan Hynek. You know about Project Blue Book. But if you don't, he is the guy. He is the man. He has been hired to investigate every one of the biggest UFO incidents in American history. And Project Blue Book was the official agency tasked with investigating all of these incidents too. 
So if they appear in a story, you pretty much know that this was on the government's radar in a big way. A hundred percent. And I will say that obviously the information about his investigation is limited, but on the records, he has uh, spoken out against some of the claims that were made by the government about what this thing was. Oh, really? So they were saying that there's a weird kind of theme in this story about the fact that this object was glowing. Some people say that it was the reflection of like Venus mm -hmm. on the craft. They were saying that was an official explanation. And he kind of came out and was like, no, no, I, I've looked into it. I think this is wrong. That's the kind of cool thing about Project Blue Book is now that all of that stuff is declassified, you can kind of read about everything that they investigated and their conclusions. So they're, if you'll pardon the pun, quite an open blue book. Yeah, absolutely. All these conversations that were, well, not supposed to, but they were, I guess, assumed to be pretty much just internal for the longest time are now able to be torn apart by the, the average Joe in the street. Um, AKA very, us. Very interesting to hear he would disprove that bit. It, it all just points towards a certain level of interest. Whether he was able to actually prove it as true or not, or whether he really believed it, he at least didn't believe the entire official story. Frustratingly, because of the time this incident took place and how quickly it was over, even though it was at military bases, there really isn't much physical evidence in terms of photo or video. But what we don't have in photos and videos, we more than make up for with legitimate and trustworthy testimonies from men of the force, army men, military men. And as I said, a lot of this information is documented, heavily timestamped, uh, has been immortalized in paper form. So we're not just reading theories on the back of a cereal box. This is legitimate paranormal testimony. And that is where we end our case today. That is all the information that we really have on the Mantel UFO incident. Kit, I know that this is a difficult one. Where's your head at? God damn it, Rory. It's so frustrating that there's been so many in recent years, US military, US Air Force experiences with UFOs, um, but frustrating that this one, one of the most famous through history, was at a time when they didn't have uh, cameras or video uh, equipped with these planes. Whereas some of the more recent ones are, let's face it, a little less interesting in other ways. I mean, there's a lot to go on here, lots of testimony, but at least the modern ones, we have videos we can look at the things that these planes saw. Yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing recently is the Pentagon just releasing videos where they're like, yeah, that was actually real. Uh, I know that got leaked. That was real. And we, we still don't know what that is. The Pentagon just doing the equivalent of like a, a Gen Z style Instagram photo dump, just like <laughs> lol, recent UFO sightings and just a 10 slide video reel of like inexplicable UFO sightings. Yeah, breezing over the fact that any one of these shatters the entire knowledge of mankind. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a little frustrating. I mean, I think ultimately what we're going to have to decide today is, I mean, the crash happened. This poor son of a bitch, Mantel, did die. He did crash his plane. It is tragic. Um, and whether or not that was because of an unidentified flying object interfering with him whether or not that was just him chasing after an unidentified object, 
and then he accidentally crashed his plane, or whether or not we truly believe it was some sort of weather balloon or other object, not paranormal, that caused him to crash back down to the earth. There's a number of different options. As you say, the crash happened. There is clearly a cause and effect here. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do conclusions? I'm ready. Why don't we count down? You want to count down from three? Are you ready for your conclusions? Do you need, do you need more time? Okay. All right, let's do it, folks. Three, three two, two, one. one. Yes! <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> we have a rare disagreement here on This Paranormal Life. Which, of course, as you know, means we go to the pit. Kid and I can choose <laughs> oh, one whoa. weapon each in a fight to the death. I'm sorry, is this new? As the host, I get first choice of knife, gun, or bow staff. Kit, being the guest, gets a choice between teddy bear, cushion, or... So it's not, it's not first and second choice from the same list of weapons. It's just, I don't get any weapon and you get whatever you want. Or pool noodle. Okay. Choose your weapon. So the fact that there's a pool noodle, if anyone's listened to the after parties, indicates that Rory himself has personally curated this list of weapons. No, no, these are just the way it works. If this was your episode, you would get to choose the weapon that you want. Well, that's f***ed because <laughs> I see there's a timer on the wall. Is that for us? It's for us, brother. So you better grab your f***ing noodle because I'm about to get that gun. Okay, f***. Can someone... Oh my god, I see the communer sitting around us in the arena. Can someone toss me a f***ing pen knife or something? Christ! Wow, a rare disagreement. Um, you're not feeling this one? You're not feeling it? You know, I'm going to sum it up as best I can. Uh, I, there's a lot I am feeling, of course, with this episode, but there's something today. It's just hitting my instincts in a certain way where something to do with the era that this took place in, the, the naivety of what was possible with, like we talk about the Earth's atmosphere or even the technology that other countries had, for some reason, with the modern experiences of equipment that's out there, maybe that's biased, but I just believe today more so when the military say, hey, we know what's possible and this shit is not possible on Earth. Whereas when people say that back in the 40s, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, uh, they I, didn't even know what was possible on Earth at that point. Right? And maybe it does come down to things just like photographic and video evidence. Maybe that would swing me more, but I got to go with my gut today. Uh, what are you thinking? That's fair enough, man. Um, look, whether or not I am a little bit closer to this case, being the lead investigator. Of course. Whether or not I'm just the more experienced paranormal investigator. Uh, it's hard to tell. No, I wouldn't go that far. But as a professional, you know, I have to respect... You are a pilot. Even the most. I'm not an official pilot. So... Oh, just you told a story where you piloted a plane. Very briefly, as I said, I blacked out made a series of Looney Tune noises, and... Um, you are wearing a bomber jacket, though. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's not a bit. That's, well, that doesn't mean I'm a pilot, actually. In fact, after the Looney Tune shit that I pulled, I've been banned from air travel for... You're on a no-fly list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how f***ed up is that? You know, you can be a bad enough pilot that you get added to a no-fly list? It's like, I want a no-fly list. Oh, because of the plane shit? No, it's because of what I said about George W. Bush on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think there's something to this story. I think uh, someone as experienced as Mantel 
shouldn't have crashed his plane. I think the fact that we've got basically hundreds of army men and soldiers all saying that they saw something that they couldn't explain Mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, I think there's something there. I think there's something to this case, and I'm ready. I'm willing to put my neck on the line and give it a yes. We'll have to uh, go to the paranormal nation on this one what do the listeners think yes let us know send us an email at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com maybe we'll throw up one of those old-fashioned twitter polls like, like we used to do that would be a great idea thank you of course to our researcher amy grisdale for researching this week's episode and thank you to louis blatherwick for editing thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of this paranormal life guys there's something on the horizon What is it? I can't quite see what it is. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it an unidentified skyhook weather balloon? No. It's 50 plus episodes of This Paranormal Life unreleased to the public. Hurtling towards Earth, flaming, about to make a giant hole in the atmosphere. And what's that behind it, Kit? Something else. Uh, is that a skyhook weather balloon? No, it's an additional weekly show that goes out called The After Party, where we talk about all of the coolest behind-the-scenes info and all the cool shit that doesn't make it into the regular episodes. How do we get access to these cool rewards? You need to get in your metaphorical F-16. You need to fly so high you black out <laughs> in an attempt to get your hands on it. No, you do not have to do those things. You merely have to part with five US dollars or your local currency. This metaphor has gone on for way too long and it's very muddy. So I'm just going to say we have a Patreon where you can get bonus audio and a bunch of cool rewards by subscribing. It's awesome. Some of those rewards include a raffle. quickly, up and down, left and right, faster than you could... Possibly imagine rewards could move. No, 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 no. We left that. We left that behind. So we're just doing a dry read. And there now. are hundreds of, of <laughs> patrons who attest to their existence and quality. But uh, no, is no. it true or not? I guess you'll have to <laughs> investigate yourself to find out. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. But again, a little confusing, I think, for people. Right, so sure. uh, one of the rewards we have is a raffle where you can win cool paranormal artifacts used on this very podcast. This month, we are giving away the Aura Glasses, which is a pair of glasses we used on this show to try and see ghosts and, I think, auras and maybe demons. Imagine a Google Glass for the paranormal realm. And the good thing about these glasses is you don't have to be trained like a professional pilot mantel. Okay, it's back. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it back because I think the jet thing actually was like sexing it up a little bit. Sure. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. It is the best way to support the show. And of course, one of those cool rewards that you can get is your very own custom shout out at the end of the podcast. And that's what we're going to do right now. Thank you so much to Sam Jenkinson. Kablam, Sam. He is actually, weirdly, a, a top Air Force pilot. Um, that's a cool name, Kablam Sam. Kablam Sam, known for kablamming shit out of the sky. Oh, very cool. Like, even friendly targets. <laughs> Birds, geese. <laughs> I watched him kablam a goose right out of the sky. Trigger happy. Thanks to Oliver Bransom. Oliver Bransom wants a ransom. Oliver will just kind of take your things when you're not looking Hmm. and ask for a hefty reward. So whether it's like your car keys for 20 grand. This is theft. Or like a cookie for 20 grand. This is theft and blackmail. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not good. 
And every time you say you don't have the money, he kind of he's like, all right, well, just owe, owe it, owe it to me then. He, he gives it my car after I said that. <laughs> he did. Like, no, god damn it, brutal. Thanks to William Gunther. William Gunther, uh, Rory is actually currently casting for Gun Two. The 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 IP has recently come up for purchase yeah. for a surprisingly low price, given that no one gives a shit about this uh, idea. So you know. There's a lot of words going around that this is like a freaking porno he's shooting. It's not really. It's just no, a, it's a homoerotic. erotically charged drama yeah. thriller. Can you get your top <laughs> off, William? We're looking for a leading man. Thank you to Tony Isaacs. Phony Tony. This person loves disguises for no reason. You know, you, you'll just, he'll just meet up for you one day at the, the bar and you go to like grab a pint and turn around. He's wearing a mustache. Yeah. He's got a He's fake like, nose. Over here. It's like, Tony, I can... Yeah, you, I mean, you look just like yourself, Yeah, we but, agreed to meet up. Yeah, you, you're just wearing elf ears, which is not even a thing people have, so I can see that... It's me, Tony. I, oh, I know. I know it's you. I know it's you. He's, yeah. he's like, he's like don't, don't look at me. Stand back to back. <laughs> so it looks like we're talking on our phone. Call me Rodrigo. I'm not going to do that, man. Thanks to Jack De La Plain. Jack, can you fly a plane? Because I'm looking for a leading man for Gun, Gun Two. Sorry, I should say, uh, the sequel to a very successful, sexy movie, and we do need people who can actually fly planes. And are really? you comfortable with? Um, you know, we'll talk. We'll talk it out in the <laughs> on set, buddy. We'll figure it out. Thank you to Amber Rodriguez. Whoa, ho, ho! If it isn't Kablamber Amber. I once saw her kill a goose with a stick of dynamite. She wasn't even in a plane. It was so messed up. I, I almost called the police. You I was should've. like, this is kind like it's kind of badass, but in a weird way, is you it? know? Like putting it in a loaf of bread and feeding it to a goose. And then <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, is this cool? Eat a loaf of bread all in one go. This is really fed up. Yeah, it was kind of weird, Amber. But again, kind of cool. I don't know. It's a thin line. Thanks to Luis Vera. Luis Vera is actually the person that gets you verified on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Oh yes. Yeah, so we gotta talk to you. It's buddy. a pleasure to meet you, uh, Sensei, my lord, sir. Um, what can we do for you, Mr. Vera? Because I'd like to be fied. Well, apparently Rory's already uh, linked up with Luis. No, I'm not. Have you not been verified anywhere? No, and that's how dare you even bring it up? Because you know I'm in, I'm sensitive about this shit, Louis, so buddy. Don't, we man. need your help. I thought it was just me. Oh, twist the knife, why don't you, Mulvana? Twist it good. <laughs> Thank you to Jeffrey Hartrant. Jeffrey, you tramped on my heart when you told me you wouldn't take a supporting role in Gun Two. You really did. Is there not enough sex scenes? Because we can add more if that's a deal breaker. That's been the deal breaker for everyone we've approached. We'll take out all the plain shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Will Daniels. Will Kablamber Daniels. Uh, he got the nickname. It's not actually a play on his name in any way. That's so much of a fucking psycho this guy is. He just loves blowing up geese for fun. <laughs> I saw him just throw a grenade into a packed pond. <laughs> He didn't, I don't know if he even knew there were geese. He didn't even look over his shoulder. <laughs> Moving just... car, pin out of the grenade, out the window, <laughs> wow. into the lake. So illegal. That's insane. Thank you to Michal. You know, Michal is actually his uh, pilot tag. 
short for me kill. Whoa, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty deadly in the skies. Was is he in the military or something? Or he's uh-uh, dishonorably discharged. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. He's not in the military. Wow, my God, that's hardcore. I like it. Thank you to Jay Greasy. Jay Greasy, you are just the man I am looking for for my <laughs> new movie, Gun 2. Every leading man is going to be pretty greasy and oily, so you're going to just slip right in there. Totally fine, my friend. Hope you like getting greased up. Thank you to David McCartney. David McCartney, also known as David the Hard Knee. He was a famous wrestler from the 80s whose move was the hard knee, mm-hmm. similar to like the people's elbow. Um... But that was his only move, was just kneeing people in the jaw. And again, that isn't like that exciting to watch. And it's hard to fake. So a lot of the times he was just knocking out yeah. amateur wrestlers with they, just one they, knee. They couldn't have that, could they really? It was pretty, it, it just didn't work. So uh, I think he does like Comic-Cons and things now. Uh, where it still wears the old, the old spandex. It's good to see you again, buddy. Thanks lastly today to John Bosco Lane. John Bosco Payne also did the WWE 80s circuit with David. Oh, yeah. Can you taste what the Bosco is cooking? It didn't, it got taken Mm. pretty much word for word, but it didn't have the same ring to it. It Really, The Rock perfected that line. Yeah. Did he he have any moves? Any special moves or? He leaned way too heavily on the cooking thing. It was like, <laughs> so he had like a little chef hat. One time he hit a guy with a frying pan again. I don't not okay. That's not wrestling anymore, is it? That's just bodily harm. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much to everyone who supported us on Patreon. Again, if you want your own custom shout out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And always remember, folks, to fucking fuel up that jet. Shades mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. Blast onto the horizon. Live fast. Investigate. And die, die young, young, baby! Foot on the gas. Jets ripping through the sky. Just a couple hot dudes trying something new tonight. Motorway to the risky area. Baseball, beer, and guns Oiled up abs Two guys making love Motorway to the risky area We'll take you right into The risky area Talking six foot beefcake dudes Taking friendship just as far as it can go And even further cause these dudes are pretty hot And I'm probably gonna take one of them home And have sex with them